Welcome to the ShireFit Podcast. Also, before we start, Jack, have you got your phone on silent this week? All the members will want to know. Phone's on silent. I've briefed, also briefed Anna on not wanting to ring me in the most important times that we have. So yes, we're all sorted. We're covered. Start. Yeah. So this week, guys, we're going to talk about programming. Uh, last week, me and Coach Jake sat a lesson with Jack on Shifer programming, how we do it and kind of the amount of time and effort that we need to put in to make sure that we get it right. Before joining Shirefit, I've traveled up and down the country going to loads of different sh- uh, CrossFit gyms and have experienced good programming and bad programming. And I, also, I think that um, the way that Shirefit does it is really, 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 really good for the members and that maybe the members don't understand quite exactly how much work and time and effort goes into creating a really good program. Uh, so I thought this podcast would be really good uh, to give give you a chance to listen to what Jack thinks about when he talks about programming, what he delivers in his lessons to his coaches, and what we're trying to achieve in the next sort of uh, cycles that come for, from the programming. So Jack, in the lesson, what did we cover between me, you and Jake? Epic. Uh, it was a good start. Well, I think the first thing really is understanding there's processes to everything we do with programming. So uh, for us to start off with we need some kind of aim. So we always sit down and have our aim written down of whatever we want to get from this next cycle. Uh, most, most of our training cycles last for about three months, usually about 12 weeks they go on for. Uh, occasionally we'll do a shorter one, but 12 weeks for me is usually where we can get the most gains from people in terms of strength and cardio and look to retest. Uh, so we're not testing people too often. So uh, once we've got our aims written down, and they can be really specific and also really general, the first thing to remember is that at the heart of what we do is we want to improve people's general lifestyle so they can go outside the gym and do all their normal stuff, be able to go and play sports, go and be active, be injury free. And then after that, then we can add in those little specific goals, whether it be getting your first pull up, getting your muscle up, uh, wanting to improve your squat strength, all those different kind of things. Um, but our aim as a whole is GPP, so general physical preparedness. So that means we have to cover uh, all the 10 different components of fitness uh, and really try and see if we can challenge them. Let's have a game, see if you can remember them. So, oh man, <laughs> put me on the spot. <laughs> I just thought that, right. So, okay, so we've got strength, strength, speed, speed, stamina, stamina, agility. Agility, yes. Coordination. Yeah. Balance. Yeah. Accuracy. Yeah. I think I've got two more now, I think. Yeah. I've done the... What class on tonight at Molten Track? Endurance. Endurance. Yeah. Sweet. And that is the difference. Endurance and stamina are two different things. We'll say that in a minute. Yeah. And the final one, which you love, and you're taking a new class of this, is... Range of motion. Range of motion. Flexibility. Flexibility. Bang on, mate. Nailed it. Nailed it. (laughs) There's a famous old school video on CrossFit.com of people doing this and they panic so much. Oh, man. I just really panicked. (laughs) These coaches get it wrong. (laughs) 
Um, so we try and improve those 10 different components of fitness. Uh, a lot of people argue about stamina and endurance. So cardiovascular endurance is the ability for the body to like, intake oxygen and then pass it around the body and use it. And stamina is the same with energy. So actually creation of energy in the body and then transfer of it around the body. So um, two different, completely different things. But our aim is really to improve all those different things. So we even go down to think about what we do in the warm-ups to target some of those things because uh, you know already in a gym format that's quite controlled, it's really easy to do things like uh, strict deadlifts, all these different things, but we don't challenge uh, different things like agility, which is change of direction in some kind of movement pattern. Coordination's rarely challenged, so a lot of the warm-up games we do are to try and get that going, improve some of those things, and um, there's been a lot of members who I can guarantee will probably come and testify that their coordination has hugely increased due to things like our netball game. But um, So that's our first aim. Is uh, From there, we try and think about some of the fundamental principles that we've built into ShireFit programming. So the first one is really a basic programming like triangle or pyramid uh, where we just want to think about the pathway of members and where they're going so the first thing we think about is mechanics um, and one of the biggest mistakes especially when newer members come into the gym is wanting to rush this stage and definitely as a coach I've made the mistake of rushing people through this stage so getting people to understand mechanics so not only just mechanics of all the specific moves we do in the gym but also mechanics of uh, basic human function. So whether it be how to understand their bodies, how to understand flow of movement and all those kind of things, and then also challenge it when they're tired. So once they understand mechanics, then we can actually get that S and C, which is that strength and conditioning. So that's improving raw power, strength, that's improving their cardio. And we'll probably, if we've got a bit of time at the end, or maybe it's be another podcast that it's actually possible to improve strength and conditioning at the same time, which is also a real old school view that we that are starting to get changed quite a lot now. Once we've got that, then we can add intensity. So that means in these workouts, when you've got a heavy bar involved, maybe you can actually lift that heavy bar in a workout format when you're tired, or you can add in some higher skill stuff when you're tired, but the key is you do that effectively. And then finally, there's uh, adaptation, so specific adaptation where let's say you as an athlete, Max, you're at that point now where you, you're doing really well, you're competing at a high level, so now you're really going to become a specific uh, CrossFit athlete where you're going to really try and become really, really good at that, whereas you might have some members that are footballers or members that are runners, so some of the conditioning program can help them specifically towards their aims, but to get to that point, you've got to build the basis first and build the foundation. Um, so now we can go probably a little bit more specific into programming and one of the things I definitely learned from was I was trying to find the best way of running a program that didn't highlight injuries or make people hurt themselves but also push them as much as possible to improve and there is a fine line between pushing people too far where their nervous system can't cope with it and also not doing it enough that they don't actually react to the training whatsoever um, so we've got a really really cool system we call it the elevator model um, it's a similar model that Julian Pinot uses um, and I definitely recommend checking out some of his videos if you haven't already um, and what this uses is that we talk about a few deficiencies in programming and there's four stages to this and uh, we'll try and see if we add some kind of visual on so you can see this or put something online for you guys to see but if you imagine like an elevator shaft and you're inside the elevator right now, um, now you've got two corner or four corners to the elevator and your aim is to continue moving up and as you move up that's your performance increasing. At any point, if you're unbalanced in the elevator, it's going to stop. It's going to break up against the wall and stop and continue to move up. 
Um, for you to move up, you also need really, really good pressure, air, upwards air pressure. Now, that's your stimulus. So how much you really, really actually putting volume on your body, how much stimulus you're giving it to train. Now, if you're not giving it enough, the air pressure's low, so you're not gonna move up the, the performance elevator very, very well. Whereas if it's too much, you're probably gonna break the elevator. So you've gotta find the right amount. And don't forget this is different for every single athlete that you have walked through the door. So this is where gym programming is so much different and so much harder than doing it for a normal athlete. So you think about that. That's the output and input of training. The four deficiency corners. We've got a few of them. So we've got energy systems. So three different energy systems we have. Go. Oxidative. Yeah. Lactate or lactic system. Yeah. And then ATP PC system. Awesome. Yeah. So three different energy systems that you use all at the same I time. I realise this was going to be like a test. Yeah. It's I was already prepared for it. <laughs> You're already well prepared. You know all this <laughs> stuff already. Um, so yeah, you've got your three energy systems and the first thing we look at in the program is are you training all those three and are you training them effectively as well? So we so Max had the ATP system, so the phosphagen system, and that's like your power, that's your pure strength, like one RM back squat, maybe pushing up towards five RM, but you're probably gonna be uh, using a different energy system, which is the lactic system after that time. So for most athletes, uh, unless you coach Ash, you're probably going to last in that system for about 10 seconds. Whereas most of us will, will last that 10 seconds and we'll start to then go into our lactic system. That's the famous one where people really, really fatigue quickly and they feel the pain. Yeah. And that's that intense system. So that's where you're using glycogen and sugar to create energy. Uh, but the byproduct is lactic acid and also loads and loads of pain. But uh, once you've sort of got through that point, then the next system you go into is the O2 system. So the oxidative system where you use oxygen to create energy. Now, a really good way, and a little, it's a little test for you guys to maybe have a go at this as well, if you want to understand the three different energy systems, is as an athlete, uh, maybe one of your athletes, or if you're an athlete yourself, is to jump on maybe an assault bike, a rower, uh, or a normal concept two bike. Jump one of them and do one minute all out and you've got to go from the start and sprint and video it and I'll probably video it so you can see your watts on the screen. And um, What you'll see is you'll see how your body bypassing changes through the three different energy systems. You'll see your huge power output at the start. You'll see literally after about 10 seconds, maybe 15, it'll suddenly drop uh, and then you'll hold on to another pace but slowly it'll diminish until you get to a point where you hold a pace and that pace you could probably just keep grinding out and moving at it and that's you move into your O2 system. So we think about those three different energy systems and are we training them in the program effectively and well maybe if we can we've got some time to talk about some training volumes of that in workouts as well. Um, after that we've got planes of movement so we've got some different planes of movement. Go on, Jack, what are the planes of so movement? So the planes of movement. <laughs> are, uh, so you've got sagittal plane, frontal, transverse. You've also got the median plane as well. But the main three you talk about are those. Um, but maybe one massive deficiency of the CrossFit program is there's not much twisting, which is why in our program we put lots of single arm dumbbell work in, some carries. Um, a lot of the games in the start where you're running with med balls or you're throwing a ball is all like twist work, transverse plane movement. Uh, you've got the frontal plane and then you've got the sagittal plane. So frontal plane if you think of things like bench pressing or pushing things, uh, vertical, or sorry, horizontal pulling things. And then you think about the sagittal plane, which is like up and down. So if you think like clean and jerk or kipping pull up. 
Um, a lot of the stuff we do is sagittal plane, which is really good because sagittal plane usually means huge amount of intensity because it usually involves some kind of hip extension. But it's really, really important to stay balanced among those. Um, so again, we monitor that to make sure that we don't go two way of one thing or likewise other. So uh, mainly, mainly for us, and one of the mistakes I've made in the past is doing too much up and down movement pattern stuff. So people become too specific to that, whether it be some overdevelopment of certain muscle groups or weakness of other muscle groups. So uh, trying to create as balance as possible. And to give Jack a chance to breathe now, because he's been Thank speaking you. for quite a lot, I'll jump in there. The aim that we've got here, guys, is that we're trying to build a program that's three months long that balances those planes of movements and those energy systems across the three month period in that hour session that we've got with you guys. You can already start to see how challenging it is to build programs that are fun, engaging, but also tickle the boxes in terms of planes of movement and energy systems. And that's something that we spend a lot of time trying to get right to make sure that we balance these things. Next one, Jack, is uh, load, carry, hold. Load, carry, hold. So with this one, we think about uh, as, as our members, of our members loading their body with some kind of load, whether it be uh, back squat, holding a weight, moving something, are we actually moving that load? If we think about function, functionality, like obviously we talk about functional training, but we talk about it about doing like uh, snatching or kipping pull-ups. But if we actually think about what you do in your daily life, probably the most common thing is moving your body weight some kind of distance, whether it be walking, running, carrying bags, holding on to something, whether it be your kid and running, moving stuff. So are we doing that in the program? Uh, and I think it's got so much benefit to like midline strength, um, just a whole body medium plane movement. So are we doing those things, uh, making sure we're sharing the load of that? Um, and then the final one is muscle contraction, which is a big, big one because this can affect how someone takes them from strength training or not. So that is concentric, eccentric, and isometric. So we've got concentric movement where the muscle shortens. We've got eccentric where it lengthens under tension and you've got isometric where you hold a movement. We wanna make sure we do all of those three. But one of those causes loads of fatigue, which is the eccentric um, sort of muscle contraction. And the one that causes the least fatigue is concentric. So if we think about, right, we want someone to get loads and loads of muscular work in today, but we don't want them to be fatigued, we probably want to get rid of some of the eccentric loading. Sometimes though, eccentric is really beneficial. So, so, so beneficial people trying to develop their strength. So we might throw that into the program, but at the same time, we're gonna be conscious of not doing it so much that you walk away the next day absolutely battered. So we wanna make sure we share that load. So they say eccentric is around two times more fatiguing than concentric movement. So uh, it sort of says it all. So we think about staying balanced with those three. That even goes into things like workouts. We'll think about, right, if they're cycling the barbell in this workout, are they going to be touching going, which is going to involve some kind of eccentric load, or are they going to be dropping it, and have an understanding of how that's going to affect their wad, how that's going to affect their strength work. Um, and the final one really is just grip. Have an understanding of grip. It goes into plane of movement. Are we switching our grip types? That's why we do lots of farmers carries, front rack holds with kettlebells or dumbbells, um, and pull-ups and chin-ups, just switching the grip around so you don't become too over-dominant of the two sort of main wrist muscle groups, your flexor and extensor muscles. Uh, Overdominance on one or the other can involve things like tennis elbow, tendonitis of the elbow and stuff. So trying to share that. Um, we want balance. If I was gonna say two key things for training right now to get better, you need balance, you need linear progression. 
And if you get those two things, yeah. like you usually going to improve. And it's probably when we get to more of the specific stage that then those things start to change slightly towards your specific goal. Um, so but, linear progression is a good segue into the templating of the actual program itself. So in order to uh, in, improve in our performance, we need to stress our bodies, give it a stress and then allow it to adapt. Now the whole said principle, I won't go into it now, it's recently been disproved, but what, we, what has been proved is the linear progression works. So whether that's in a strength program or in terms of difficulty when we're looking at gymnastics or in terms of range of motion when we're looking at flexibility, if you do not progress linearly, the body will stay in its place of homeostasis. It will stay where it is. So when we build a template, the first thing that we layer onto the template, which you'll probably see in our skill and strength portions of our workouts, is linear progressions of strength work, gymnastics movements or skill work. Um, Jack, do you want to cover a little bit more on that? Or yeah, so it's, you've got so many different ways of building strength, writing strength, programming, and, and that also goes down to some of the gymnastic strength work as well. Um, but if you strip away all those layers that you sort of see and you read and probably online about all these crazy programs, there's basic some form of linear progression where it'd be increasing the loading, increasing the volume, increasing the rep range of unbroken reps you're doing that load. Um, the key is understanding how to get the most from each athlete and I think probably, so we've discussed loads recently is, we could write the best program in the world for one individual but it not, might not work for everyone. And that's where group programming is super tough uh, but also it's really, really good fun to see if you can make it work for everyone. The difference is, we have someone coming in the gym with loads of different stressors. They might, one person might come in and feel amazing, another person might come in and they've had a horrible day at work, hardly any sleep because they've got a new kid or they're not feeling that good. My brother, um, shout yeah, out to my brother, yeah. he's just had a child and he's battling through. <laughs> he's going strong as well. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so all those different things that are going to affect them. So they both might come into that session. One's going to get loads from that strength work. Someone else isn't. So we've definitely put some different protocols in now, uh, whether it be, for instance, we've had it where at the start of this cycle, we did a 10RM front squat. So right at the start, higher rep range, and we're going to be lowering down the rep range and increasing the percentage loading towards the end of the cycle. But at the start, what we offered was, you do your 10 reps at a certain load because you want to get high volume in. You then go for a light run and then come back in and build up again. And you keep building up the load during the 20 minute, 15, 20 minute program. So what you can do is you can lift the best of your capacity for that session, not just what's expected of you that session. So that's my sort of format on the strength and how we slowly build it in. And if you've got questions on that as well, shout us because we can always sit down, do another podcast, which we could talk for ages about specific yeah. strength programming. On top of the strength work then, so strength is one of the templates that we layer in. We could also progress in difficulty in terms of gymnastics. So the last program, we've done a lot of skill work in terms of gymnastics pull. So moving towards getting muscle ups or jumping muscle ups, whatever progression. And you'll have seen how as the programming uh, went on, the difficulty increased. So we went from just static movements into dynamic movements, into transition work and then steadily growing towards the end of the program where we'll be putting in some of these movements into workouts. Um, that's just the example of the template. On top of those templates is workouts. Oh, yes. we've got, what have we got? Two minutes. Well, what we'll do is we'll carry on the podcast, so we talk through that, and we'll talk about the aims of this cycle yeah. and the aims of the last cycle for our Shire Fit listeners, yeah. for the YouTube uh, people who are watching. Guys, see you later. Uh, yeah, we'll call it that. Okay, awesome. So. Um, 
yeah, so building workouts. This is where it gets relatively fun and you can start to put your creativeness into the workout. So what we think about here is, I've written a few things down actually that I really try and think about when we write workouts. The first thing is you put all that strength, gymnastics, power workout, whatever your aims are, you've built the initial template. After that, the next thing we do is piecing these workouts in. The workouts don't just go in willy-nilly, so there's got to be specific aims for them. The first thing I think about is aims of workouts and time variables. So we talked about energy systems early on, and we said about targeting different energy systems, that's exactly what we do in workouts. Um, and I have a graph that we try and follow where we have a slightly lower range of workouts that last three to five minutes, and then we pick it up, and the most uh, highest volume of, say, workouts over those three months should sit between the seven and 12 minute mark, which is where people are going to get their most of their performance gains from we then have a we slowly decrease slightly towards a more aerobic base um, so you can see and, and again we'll try and get a visual up so you can understand that of what we're trying to do there with our sort of time variables of the workouts the next thing is we have to be conscious of how the workouts affect the strength work we're doing before and after the day so for instance if we've done heavy back squats the next day we're probably not going to be going into a high volume of heavy squat or squat patterns whether it be loads of reps of wall balls or it might be some heavier squat cleans we're going to try and miss those things out so time variables that's the first thing we think about next thing fun um, workouts have got to be engaging because if they're not engaging, they're not different, they're not fun. Pain. Yeah, it's not going to be that Suffering. enjoyable. <laughs> Which again, I think is like, uh, and, and maybe like for me, so in God probably say I've done wrong in the past, especially a few years ago when I was writing workouts, was being really repetitive and specific to what I thought was right. Whereas you've got to be relatively broad. So we've got different ways of targeting workouts, making them fun and engaging. Um, we're lucky enough now to use a Boxmate app, which allows people to track all their scores. Um, so yeah, we, we, we try and make them as fun and engaging. That means changing up the, the output of the workout. So whether it be EMOMs, wraps for times, rounds for time, task completion, mission ones, all different kind of workouts that we, that we try and piece in to keep everyone going with it. Um, so next thing we have to think about really is scaling with workouts. So uh, with workouts, we can't just write a workout about understanding the core aim of it. So let's look at a workout. Um, let's say even like today's workout, we've got two aerobic base workouts. So we've got two 20 minute wraps with a small rest in between and it's all about teamwork. Um, the reason you're in pairs is because we want you to stay aerobic. So we don't want you to be attacking, going crazy and dying. We wanna make sure you're maintaining movement from start to finish. We've got simple movement patterns, um, whether it be things like dumbbell clean jerk, single arm, so straight away we're testing that transverse plane, under slightly fatigue, so we're working obliques, different things that we wouldn't normally do. We're gonna think about, we need to move a lighter load, we're gonna think about how does that person match that intensity. So we've gotta understand that the scaling option needs to get the same output from the workout, um, and just so basically, every single member that walks through the door can get what we want from that workout. And that's probably a good note, and if, you co if a coach, say for instance, says to you, oh, why have I got to scale the weight down for this? I want to go RX. It's usually because there's a specific aim and all the team are briefed on daily videos on each workout. So they understand the aim of what we're trying to get there. And the aim is to make you better. So all the scaling options are there to do that. So yeah, I'll just sort of tidy up um, the WOD stuff there. Because as you can tell, Jack gets quite passionate about it and maybe get a little bit carried away. So what we're looking for here with the workout, so we're layering in, on top of the linear progressions that we've just talked about in the templating is 
mainly time frame work. So if we plotted a graph with time frame at the bottom and intensity of the workout or work completed on the side, you would look for a bell curve or an upside down bell curve where majority of the work is completed in between, what would you say, Jack, five? And I'd say probably sit between six, seven minutes and 12. Sweet, yeah. so between seven and 12 minutes because that's where we get our most bang for our buck in terms of energy production and also performance gain. Either side of that, we drop off. So we do some sprint workouts because they're important as well. And we do some long endurance workouts. And you'll have probably, if you've been part of member, a member of ShyFit for quite some time now, you will recognize that we do those long stuff and the sprint stuff, but majority of our work's in that period. On top of that, we're looking at uh, scaling so that everybody gets the same stimulus depending on the aim of the workout. And it also fun. We need it to be engaging for the workout. So. Tying that up, moving on. So the aims of the last cycle. Jack wrote the last three month cycle. You're all currently about halfway in it now. There's been some testing workouts. Jack, do you want to talk about your aims of your last um, three month cycling okay. cycle of the workout? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, of course. I won't go too crazy in depth, but um, the first thing I want to do really was definitely test some workouts that some of you have repeated before. Um, and I also wanted to write some new workouts and have them as set tests that we're going to be putting into programming to allow you to see yourself improving. Um, one of the things, uh, again, probably something I haven't done before in the past is I've not retested enough specifically for you guys to see yourself improving. So that might be mainly in workouts or wads, as you would say, um, because I know people are improving based off their, from watching their move and knowing where they're at at the minute, but probably you can't see yourself. So look into pulling some old school workouts we've done before, write some new tests as a retest. Next from there was to in increase uh, the slight lifting uh, cycle. So that means increasing the amount of time that we're spending doing strength work. Um, we, you heard us say earlier that the second part of the program pyramid is improving strength. And strength is so, so important for you to get a lot of these movements you want to do. And if you don't build that base level strength, other things are never going to come from that, whether it be the higher level skills and you're more likely to get injured. So we wanted to increase the lifting cycle of work. Uh, the next thing I want to do really was offer two pathways for different skills. So let's say you've got someone like Max who can whack out muscle-ups for fun, single arm, do everything super easy. And then you've got me who st I'm still developing my strict pull work. I'm trying to accomplish my strict pull-up. We've got different aims. But at the same time, we need to understand that we're all going the same direction, which is improving our pulling skill strength and skill. So for me, uh, again, something we've done in the past is said, right, we're going to do muscle-up drills this time. But sometimes they don't apply for different individuals. So what I've tried to do this time is write two different pathways when we do some skill work. You've probably seen it now with some of the coaches teaching things. Uh, whether it be, right, we're going to do some muscle-up and skipping skill. Those who are really competent, you're going to be doing uh, kipping muscle-ups and double-unders on an eight minutes, nice and controlled pace, looking to test your skill under fatigue. Whereas the rest of you guys, you're going to work on your pulling strength where you're going to practice your double-under attempts and add in some sets of assisted strict pull-ups. So you're working out, getting the same aim, but you're doing slightly different things and so making sure the scaling is effective. Um, I wanted to maximise each session, so one of the main points from the members was, in an ideal world, I'd have a, uh, an actual rest day programmed in to make you like do some active recovery or rest, and I was putting that in secretly in, in previous programmes, but the problem is, obviously, 
you can't always train the set days that we put them in. So um, what we've now done is put the power in your hands to have rest days and look after yourself. And we're trying to maximize everything from every session that person comes in so they can get the most from it from start to finish. Uh, finally, really, um, making sure there's that specific work. So lower body, I wanted to improve medium level strength, so like lactic threshold strength of uh, things like front squats, um, under fatigue. I wanted to build a good amount of hypertrophy of upper body strength, which I think correlates for a lot of us really well to the skills. Um, and then finally build on lots of power work and technical work uh, with the ollie lifts. So quite a lot of stuff there, I could keep going, but that's one of our aims really from, from the, the program you're currently in. Um, and then we'll probably move nicely on to in Max and Jake right in the new cycle, which will be starting around six weeks, uh, and they're currently right now. So your aims, Max? Yeah. So me and Jake have sat down after the lesson that we had with Jack, and we've kind of pulled together our experience. Um, mine mainly from a CrossFit background and an endurance background, and Jake's from a CrossFit and power sport background and an Olympic lifting background. So we've got a really good experience to build into the next sessions. So. The next three month cycle, our aims that we're looking at, we're going to develop the overhead squat. Uh, a really difficult movement, quite hard to perform, demands high levels of all of the 10 components of fitness, fitness that we um, discussed at the start of the podcast. So although there's probably some members out there that are thinking, I'm not bothered about the overhead squat, I don't really want to be able to do it. If someone can overhead squat well, it's a good marker that they can move well through other movements. And if you've got a good overhead squat, you're probably gonna move really well in other movements and be efficient. So we're gonna try and develop overhead position, overhead strength, and work on sort of scaling options so that it, the overhead squat is reachable for all the members. The second thing that we're gonna try and develop is gymnastics. You heard Jack talk about in his last session he worked on, uh, in his last set of programming he worked on uh, the vertical pull and working on those skills. We're gonna build on that and work on horizontal pull this time. So we're looking at stuff like pendlay rows, bent over rows. Um, yeah, all those good movements, old school style. And that's really, uh, from a health benefit, we need to balance our vertical and our horizontal pull. So we're just building off of what Jack's um, put on the last set of programming. The third thing that we're gonna try and aim to develop is unilateral leg strength. So that means one-sided as opposed to bilateral, which would be something like a barbell squat. We're going to look at um, unilateral work, which will be something like Bulgarian split squat, uh, pistol work, dumbbell step-ups, lunge work. And basically that's just tying in where Jack built a lot of leg strength in the last programming cycle. Uh, bilaterally, we're going to even it up so that you get unilateral strength, so one leg strength from that. Uh, the fourth aim is to develop sprint mechanics. So there's a few different ways we're gonna develop this. We're gonna work on power options, so jumps, bounds, uh, single leg plyometrics, stuff like that. But we're also gonna try and develop people's sprint mechanics. And the main aim for this one here is to tie it into people's life outside of the gym. So we have a lot of people who are rugby, football, um, robbers. sportsmen, robbers as well. Yeah, get in the right thing, please. Um, and we know that sprinting is important and agility is important. So we're going to try and develop everyone's sprint mechanics so that they are better prepared for stuff outside of the gym. Love it. Yeah, Just and so yeah, sprint mechanics transfer across to all of the stuff we're going to do. It yeah. would be all cardio-based running work that we're going to do as well. Epic. Um, uh, fifth aim. Oh, you've not, you've got another one. No, we're still going. We've got six aims. So fifth aim, 
is to develop short power. This ties in nicely to the sprint stuff, our short power um, output. So we're looking for a period of 0 to 45 seconds of like super tense hard work. So really heavy lifting, really high um, output sprint work on cyclical machines. So you'll enjoy that sort of stuff, guys. And then the final aim is to develop our hinge strength. So building on the program that Jack did last time, we're gonna try and develop uh, our hinge this time, working on all the way from high rep ranges, developing our connective tissues and all that sort of stuff and our health, moving into a hypertrophy phase of a lower rep range, speed strength phase, strength endurance phase, and then finishing our absolute strength so that we're like down awesome. into those one to three rep ranges and we're really pulling some heavy weight off the ground. Which, well, you know, that's the natural linear progression. You just literally explain that perfectly there. So you can see how you're going to go for a cycle looking to peak at the end and reach your max capacity for that before we start over again and continue to hit aims. The cool thing with what the program does as well is you're never going to lose what you've done in the past. So if you continue to train hard and work hard, then all the work you put in the past is going to be maintained. Just the only thing we do is we add in some slight specific aims that hopefully uh, increase your circular performance of those different components of fitness. I pretty much think we have done loads over talk by quite a bit, but um, there's even more we could talk about. But again, it'd be really cool if you've got questions, give us a shout, message us, Instagram us, um, and let us know, and we'll keep adding things in. Um, this programming one was purely based because quite a few people uh, messaged on Instagram asking to talk about programming, have a better understanding of it. And I think we've literally just brushed the surface of some of the things we talk about normally as a team. Uh, so yeah, any more suggestions, things you want to hear about, send us a message and we'll get it on there, guys. Woo! Thank you very much. <laughs> Good work. Good work, guys. Thank you very much.